Lunar New Year celebrations are well underway in New Zealand and across the world, and it's the Year of the Dragon. While the New Year fell on the 10th of February yesterday, the party starts on New Year's Eve with the reunion dinner. Celebrations last a month, with each day following the New Year bringing different rules and traditions. To talk more about these traditions and festivities, I'm joined by paediatrician, poet and playwright Renee Liang. Kia ora, Renee. Hi, kia ora. I think I should also say Happy New Year to you. Yes, Sun and Fila, Sun Taekin Hong. <laughs> oh yes, Sun Taekin Hong. <laughs> um, how do you mark the New Year in your household and family? Oh, we take it seriously and not seriously. So traditionally, um, actually, it's the Chinese New Year Eve. Um, that is the important meal. So mm. that's the one that you know. It's it's a little bit like Christmas lunch for. Um, other cultures and that you are expected to be home and if that requires you taking a holiday and travelling to be at your parents' home, then that's expected. Mm. And the whole family are meant to um, come together and have a good time and share a meal. But of course, um, you know, all the all the various fun things that when large extended families get together occur during that time, you know. <laughs> Um, so that's it's a real classic, um, you know. For me as an artist, it's a fabulous setup for all <laughs> kinds of stuff to happen. Um, but in reality, what happens is everyone just comes. Um, we fight over who uses the stove and the ovens and everything because we all want to cook our special dish. Everyone, or warm everyone's up our special brought dish. their dish, yeah. And then it's, exactly, it's known, yeah. It's known as reunion dinner, and I believe that's right. that. I believe it's the idea that, you know, start as you intend to go on, isn't it, in some ways? It's sort of you start right before the new year, you're together, and so you go into the new year together. I think that's the thinking behind it. Yeah, actually, so in in New Zealand um, specifically, the more I talk to um, other Chinese um, people about how they celebrate New Year, the more I see that there's vast variation. So mm. I guess in my family, Lin San Man, which is Chinese New Year's Eve, and, uh, you know, the New Year's Day itself is the important day. Um, and um, But other people actually have like a whole two weeks of timetable mm. where every day a different thing happens. <laughs> like this is the day we have to eat fish and this is the day where, you know, it's everyone's birthday because um, there is a day. I think it's the fourth day of Chinese New Year. Everyone has a birthday. So everyone acts as if it's their birthday. It's their birthday. And yeah, it sounds great, doesn't it? It does. Actually. It's, it's, if it's a month long of celebrations. There's also, I think, which is quite funny, there's one day, I think it might be the second or the third, where you're not supposed to see anyone. You You shouldn't visit any of your family members. Otherwise, the superstition is that you spend the year fighting with them. Uh, so I think it's a second but, or third yeah, day. I, I think, you know, I think I once looked this up on the internet and there was one variation. And then I talked to my friend and she says, oh, no, my family had this whole other thing. So, I mean, it's, a, it's that one of these things. And we've actually, you know, you come up against these things and um, where your parents basically say, you must act like this on this yes, day because yes. it's the tradition. Yes. And it's like, how come this has only just come up now? <laughs> And would it be a little bit convenient for you to mention this right now in terms <laughs> yes. of modifying my behaviour? Exactly. Absolutely. And what other traditions do you observe? You know, do you give out the red packets? Uh, do you oh, make yeah. sure there are snacks and fruit and all that sort of thing? Yeah. So actually our family, you know, we're 
so-called modern uh, Cantonese family, we just we do the cooking lots of different food. Um, and of course, there are dishes that are supposed to be lucky, such as whole fish. Um, whole fish and seafood is sort of mm. one of the key dishes. But so long as it's fancy food, it really doesn't matter. Mm. And um, and we do the hong bao, the red packets. Um, so these are um, essentially red envelopes, usually with um, printing on them. Sometimes, you know, this year it's the year of the dragons, so there'll be some Gold cute dragons, cartoon dragons. Yeah, yeah and, and usually sort of lucky um, characters and so on. Um, and then w- what will happen is that the kids will go round and um, they will beg, um, <laughs> as in they will um, put their hands together and bow to the adults, and then the adults will have to give them the red packets which contain money. And the closer you are in relation to the child, the more money you have to give. Mm. So you actually have to give money to every child that comes up to you and does that. But say mm. it's a child that's just, you know, the child of a friend that you're visiting, yeah. then that amount may be a smaller amount mm. um, than, say, if it's your own child or, you, you know, your nephew or niece. Yeah, yeah. Chinese New Year for me when I was a kid was sort of my biggest payday. Exactly, yes. It was, yes, it was is, where I made all my pocket money. Yeah, so so in our family, because we also have all the family birthdays at this end of the year, <laughs> yeah. and um, because, you know, like, come on, we're a hybrid thing, so we also get red packets for Christmas Yes. and yes. Um, Pakiha New Year. Yeah. So it's like massive, like, you know, like actually I'm pretty sure that when I entered university, I had – pretty much enough in my bank account from accumulated, you know, like New Year's Hong Bao and yeah. birthday Hong Bao that, you know, there was sort of enough to put a deposit on a on my first little car. It was quite that's good. Am- that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's a it's lot. like payday. You know, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. allowed to spend it though. You know, like yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite funny because my kids' reaction when being given a red packet is, uh-huh. And then they just like pass it to me to back, yeah. you know, because they're yeah. like they know they're not allowed to. Yes, it's going straight to check to, how much money. It's going straight to the savings, though. Yeah, yeah. So they're much less excited about it than say <laughs> the sweets. You mentioned it earlier. It's the year of the dragon, and this is kind of a big deal. Can you explain why it's so meaningful? Oh, so there's twelve zodiac animals, um, and you know, and I suppose the, I think the story is the Buddha, you know, went to the forest and said who wants to be who wants to come with me and be a zodiac animal and um and a few animals put up their hands um and so I think the dragon's actually the only mythical animal that put up their hands but Mm. then the Buddha said okay so um in order to determine who's going to be the first animal in the zodiac and the last animal in the zodiac we're going to have a race um and I think um, I, I think it was the dragon who won. Um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, so people might pull me up on that later. <laughs> but it's the dragon is the most powerful, the most mythical, and it's a big deal because it's a um, it, 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 it's the luckiest. It's got the because you know the the zodiac year that you're born in, mm. um, along with the element of the year that you that zodiac animal for that year um, determines your future, determines your, um, it, it sort of gives you qualities and characteristics. So people will say, yeah, I'm a typical rat or I'm a <laughs> typical 
you know, ox or something, and mm. there's different characteristics that people, and it's like uh, horoscopes. People, yeah. some some people take it seriously, and other people just think it's fun. Um, so the dragon is has got the best zodiac forecast. So um, it's so much so that um, every time the twelve year cycle comes around and it's a year of the dragon, apparently um, there's a bit of a a, a boom, um, a, baby a baby boom, boom. Yeah. in Asian countries because everyone's like working hard to get pregnant <laughs> for that year. Scrambling. Um, and, and we have two dragon children in our family. Um, so my daughter and her cousin are both dragon babies. Um, and was that, so, on, was that on purpose? No, that was not. That was not, but it was, it was really cool because when we discovered it, we we're like, oh, that's an extra pro. And of course, you know, my yeah. parents who supposedly are not superstitious, but, you know, they were very pleased because they yes. were able to show off their two, you <laughs> dragon know, two grandchildren. dragon granddaughters. <laughs> yeah. And, and both of them ha- are turning 12 this year as well. Mm. So this is actually their first rotation around the Zodiac cycle. Um, yeah, and the other thing about dragon children is they're supposed to be, you know, full of confidence mm. um, as well as having uh, a lucky lives and generally being blessed with, you know, brains and talent, mm. et cetera. Mm. They're also lead, born leaders. Mm. Um, but along with that comes like this, I guess what you'd call a somewhat leadery um, personality. <laughs> so when my friends like heard I was giving birth to a dragon baby they're like watch out and uh, I have to say that that so far those predictions have become true <laughs> she's 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 uh shall we say leadership material a strong personality <laughs> a strong personality yes. everyone listens to her in our house <laughs> we hear the phrase lunar new year and then we also hear Chinese new year so is it the same thing is there a difference well no then they're, they're the same festival um and i think lunar new year is just a more inclusive term that's increasingly the preferred term um and that's to because you know i guess originally um it was the the chinese from southern china who came to the country in the from about the mid 1800s onwards and so there are actually historical records of them celebrating chinese year, new year and actually sharing those celebrations as a way of sharing their culture and trying to include everybody in it. Mm. But um, obviously, you know, there are so many other, you know, cultures that celebrate the Lunar New Year that now um, are New Zealanders. Um, Mm. They live here and they celebrate all in their own way. It's all usually kind of about the same kind of same time of year, um, there are a lot of similarities, you know, because the emphasis is still on family and food and setting the tone for the year ahead. Um, but um, the Lunar New Year just acknowledges the fact that, uh, you know, the Eastern, East Asia and Southeast Asia also celebrate this time of year as the start of their, you know, new year in many ways. And there are so many different food traditions um, that I guess really enrich the traditions and um, yeah I I just think yeah I think that you know it's not just dragons and firecrackers and and um, specific dishes um, like roast duck uh, because that's sort of more the Cantonese tradition which is Mm. the one that I and most familiar with but you know then you have the um, if you're Malaysian Chinese and you have the Yisang, the tossing of the rainbow 
um, ingredients together mm, mm. and the higher you toss yes. and the more prosperous. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's actually not a tradition that my family celebrate, but which I'm very happy to take part in because yeah. it's so delicious. <laughs> yeah. And so there's, and then of course the Japanese and the Koreans also have their own amazing delicious dishes. Mm, so mm. yeah, I just um, love it all. And I think Lunar New Year is a better term. And how has Chinese New Year, from your perspective, changed over the years in Aotearoa? I think there's just a lot more awareness of it. So, I mean, for example, the Lantern Festival, which, mm. you know, is now about, I think, a you know, couple of decades at least of being a major event mm. in the Auckland calendar. And obviously there are other Lantern or New Year's festivals around the country. And the Lantern Festival is interesting because it actually occurs at the end of the two-week main period of celebration of Chinese New Year and mm. it's a particular um, it's actually a particular day it's very beautiful and special so in this day um, people make hand make paper lanterns and in some traditions they write poetry on them sometimes they write love poetry on them <laughs> and then they hang them outside their houses and everyone comes by to admire so that is the origin of the tradition of the lantern festival and but now it's become a whole thing of you know in a lot of Asian cultures, it's about who's got the biggest and the best lantern yeah. and, you know, all these beautiful lighted displays that we had uh, initially in Albert Park and now it's this year, I think it's moved out to South Auckland. Mm. Um, and everyone comes and they eat the food. And I guess for a lot of people that are not Asian, that might be their first uh, or only interaction with that culture. But, you know, it's that's the gateway mm. into understanding all the other stuff. Um, and obviously for our communities, it's about identity and pride and connection and showing off your culture uh, because, like, obviously we're very proud of our food and our art and our craft. And then I guess I'd, I'd hope that people would then dig deeper because that stuff yeah. is, to me, quite surface. And it's the other, you know, the reasons why these things are important to us. Why is food so important in connecting families and communities? Why mm. is the making of the food by hand and the growing of the food, why is that so important to us? Yeah, so, and all the yeah, stories me, behind I, it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm actually really proud because my other child is a bit of a, a chef, and he really takes joy in um you know um he's a wok he's a wok master. He loves getting up there <laughs> on his little footstool so he can reach the the gas uh, gas flame. That's <laughs> very impressive. <laughs> yeah, and he's like handling that wok and like you know pouring all the sauces on at the right yeah. time and so on. So. Yeah, so he's he's definitely inherited his Gong Gong's um, capabilities when it comes to cooking and enjoying traditional food. That's that's really cool. You you definitely do need one chef in the in the family, don't you? Someone's got to yes. do it. And if they and they exactly. if they particularly enjoy it, it's even better. You're a paediatrician. You're actually uh, speaking to us from the hospital at the moment because you're on call. But you're also a writer and a poet and a playwright. So what about content? How has that changed and what's what's available for audiences now? Yeah, so it's it's been really exciting being, um, I guess, a creative with an Asian background in Aotearoa over the last uh, 20 years or so because there's really been a flowering which has really become almost a, an explosion now of different people from very different backgrounds, all... Um, I guess cross-fertilising, going to each other's works, watching each other's works and just enjoying the fact that 
not only are there more stories to tell, but there's more people to tell those stories. Mm. Um, so, you know, so from, you know, from the work that you've been involved with Let's Re and your mm. various theatre shows at, through to, I guess, the, the content in poetry and film and uh, theatre, there's just been this explosion of stories, which I just find so, so, so exciting. And I'm still kind of in the middle of it, watching it all go around me and kind of seeing, trying to spot the new talent that's hovering on the edges and trying to bring them in. Mm. So it's it's super, super exciting. Um, so, for example, at the moment, for the very first time, I'm working on animated children's series, mm. um, which is for a young age group, you know, the three to seven age group. And for the very first time, I'm writing, I've been, you know, part of the reason I've been brought on board is because that I'm needed to write a character that will speak to uh, children from my community. So I've written a Cantonese-speaking character who grew up in New Zealand, who's born in New Zealand, who loves cooking, who believes in talking to his um, grandfather, um, even if he's on the moon, um, who loves um, making friends with, you know, octopuses who, you know, who take him out to the sea, you know, and show him new ways of creating um, dishes. Uh, you know, it's all yeah, these, like, yeah. like these, it's super, super exciting that, um, yeah, we're allowed to to write all these uh, new things and that they're actually being asked for mm, by mm. programmers and by content makers because it is now relevant to our population. Mm. And this this and this cartoon series is called What Will I Be Today? And That's it's right. the second season, isn't it? And it's and so it's in pre production now. That's right. It's the, it's actually the first animated season. Oh, it's the right. second season in that the, the first series was actually an audio series. Mm. Um, and um, that was obviously quite successful. Um, and the format has essentially just been extended now to an animated series. And we do hope that it's just the beginning of not only, you know, so in this series there's a Cantonese-speaking character, a, a Samoan-speaking character, and a Te Reo Māori-speaking character. So we've mm. got these different, you know, I'm, I mean, they speak in English as well, so it's very accessible to people who don't have language. Um, it's mostly it's mostly just the importance of representation, really. Mm. Um, and all of these characters are live in their own specific cultural situations as well, which are very Aotearoa type they're not characters anybody who's watching this from overseas will be able to see how that's anchored to specifically to growing up in New Zealand oh well thank you Renee thanks for your time today and um we'll sort of let you go be back at the hospital (laughs) I'm very glad that my page has not gone off but (laughs) yeah I hope you also have um a, a beautiful sustaining meal with your family and lots of celebrations